Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Um... If you are listening to the podcast, that probably means you are a fan of one of the teams we cover, uh, which means you are a fan of college football in general, I would think. Uh, long story short, the fans don't seem to be very happy out there. For th- There was... Something there- about this week, isn't it? Like, worse than any week up to this point. You could literally make an argument. So there was, there was 10 teams that played. Not naturally, a, naturally, not, five are upset. Somehow, I think we're like eight of oh ten. No, or, it's at least eight. I, it might be ten. <laughs> because even the ones that won, they're like, yeah, we won, but... Yeah, we won, but... It, oh, my gosh. It's um, unreal. Like, I, I've just never seen so much unhappiness with winning teams. Uh, and, of course, the and then the big story of the day involved a fight. Yeah. The... the, the do we talk about it point. now? Or do a good we, point. <laughs> that was literally the story of the day okay. in the Big Ten. Do we Wait, talk that, about it now or do we talk about it after we break No, I think we game? should. Let, let's talk about it now. Because it really encapsulates the whole weekend. Right. Or at least at least <laughs> if you're on Twitter, it encapsulates, yes. which isn't a real place. So maybe we're taking this too far. Um, I don't know. I'm calling it the, the rumble in the tunnel. I'm sure there's. I was just going to call it Tunnelgate. Tunnelgate's good. Um, for the people that don't know, because blissfully. There are people that enjoy college football that aren't on Twitter, so they probably probably don't even know about. They're this. not even aware, right? Which which is really, to me, that that's the the big story here is, it, it, like in a in a different era, this is not even a story. Oh my god, I I said the exact same. It's literally thing not in a, a story. In a DM group. Okay, so for people people that don't know, after the Michigan Michigan State game. A bitter, bitter rivalry. The Michigan Michigan State. It is. really there's a lot of hate there. I, I like it's. You know how they say good old-fashioned hate? This is new, raw, not pleasant hate between these two programs. Yeah. It's yeah. it's insane. Uh, for the second game in a row, in the tunnel, a, yeah. a tight tunnel where both teams share. It inside. is weird that they do that. I will say. That's this, a little odd. This is part of the story, Yeah, uh, is what your take yeah. is right there. There was a big dust-up between Michigan State fans and one or maybe two Michigan players Caught on video. Kevin Warren was there. Was well, is Michigan State players with with a, a Michigan player that I saw? Yes. Because uh, you said fans. Why did I say that? I've got fans on the yeah. brain. Apologies. Michigan State players. So how exactly it went down for that, that quote-unquote instigated it, I, I, I don't know. But basically there was one Michigan player in between seven or eight Michigan State players – he is just getting mollywopped. Yeah, he was. But, but, and then there was a, I don't know if you saw, there was a second video that's come out. Yeah. That would look like that one was more like going into Michigan State's locker room. Yep. So this that one, one was yep. more out in the tunnel where another Michigan player was getting. Bashed. But I'm not sure if it's, if it's a different incident or if it's that's the same true. incident that's from true. two different angles. You know what? That's true. Yeah. I don't know that. I guess I just made an assumption there. Um, okay. Try, I'm going to kind of try to dance on. On two sides of the fence, or as my common way of saying it is, talking out of two sides of my mouth. I am not pro assault. <laughs> you know, like. Well, you're not condemning this, so you must be pro assault. 
Well, there you go. So you already know where I'm going with it. Yeah. So obviously, a defenseless dude getting getting the snot kicked out of him by five or six, seven other players is it's not the look any program no. wants to go for. And I don't think Mel Tucker is the person that's going to condone it. Like he was no. encouraging this to happen. With that being said, Kurt, call me old fashioned, but if I see seven or eight or 85 guys that I know are against me, yeah. maybe we're even wearing clothes that denote who's sure. on one side. I don't put myself in the position to go. Sure talk smack or whatever long story short what was he doing there in the first well, and place? by the way i did see a video of a, a michigan player kind of dancing his way through a gaggle of michigan state players so there could have been some instigation there don't do that no i wouldn't do that just don't think you should do that but also i'm just gonna say in and the long list of issues that i think about in my life right now is barely even makes it only makes it because it's forced. It was foisted upon me, you know. Oh, good job using foisted. Thank I love you. That word. Um, yes. So now, in no way is this a defense of Michigan. Oh no, State I'm pro players. assault. <laughs> you are pro. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people deserve it. Sometimes people deserve a light. No, it's assault. just this is this stuff happens. This is really a non-instant for the most part for me, but it is. I will say it is weird that they go through the same tunnel at the same time. Uh, yes, it is. Um, yes, it, th- I got two things going through. Okay. I think they need to change. There, there needs to be like, you, you can't just change Michigan stadium. It's an old school stadium, right, but I guess. They could just, they could stagger it. Like this team goes in first, the, the, like maybe you're the home team. So you wait for the visitors to go in first. Maybe that's the, the they, deal. They are going to do that. That is going to be the change yeah. moving forward is there is going to be a very strict line of demarcation made by Probably the local authority is to separate the yeah. teams where I would guess the losing team or the away team, however they're going to do it, is going to go in first, clear, shut the door, and then Michigan or yeah. however they do it is going to come in. Another thing that they're going to do, they're going to separate fans away from the tunnel yeah. where the teams walked in. I don't know if you saw some grown-ass man took a swipe at Mel Tucker's bald head. I did whacked, not see that. Yes, I'll show you the video. Okay. And whacked, not whacked, not like to the point where it like cocked his head back or something like that, but he made contact with Mel Tucker's head Boy. and Mel Tucker took a swing at the grown ass man. Okay. Somebody touches my head, I'm swinging back at Sure, him. yeah. So Mel Tucker had every right to grab the guy's arm, pull him into the... Yeah. Grow up dude. Yeah. <laughs> and the video said... Mel Tucker took a swing at a kid. Right. He looked like the dude looked like he was our age or older. So that's, that's one thing. Right. And I think you've already kind of alluded to us, but we'd have never heard about this 20 years ago. Never. Nope. Never made new. Nobody would have got brought up on charges. The athlete. Like maybe you would have, maybe, you know, during the week, the, the press would have asked one of the coaches, you know, yeah, that little incident in the tunnel, is anybody going to be um, disciplined for this coming week? That's all you would have. Oh, oh, really? There was an incident. Okay. And the coach would have been like, we're taking care of it internally. Yep. And they would have run the kids. Which means they would have run until they puke. Correct. Yeah. And by the way, that does deter oh, kids yeah. from doing <laughs> stuff. Like, it, it, it's not a bad way of doing it. It's a motivator. Um, you want to hear something funny, <laughs> funny with it? Um, uh, Greg McManus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On sure. Twitter. Purdue guy. Purdue guy. Um, 
referencing this. Uh, so again, Penn State, you know, it happened. Now Michigan okay. State. Greg McManus's tweet. Uh, tweet. Next visitor to Ann Arbor, Nebraska. There's a new streak to keep alive. <laughs> See if we can get three in a row. Good job, Greg. I thought that was a yeah. That is tweet. pretty good. All right, we covered that part. So we good. To yeah, that's out now? of the way. Okay, let's let's move into the mad fans now. After we've gotten through the mad sure. players, so. All right, this was week nine. There were 10 teams in uh, action, five games. Four teams were idle. Indiana, Maryland, Purdue, and Wisconsin. A couple other teams looked idle this week, too. Yeah, maybe one there's a few idle teams. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty quick. These games all took place on Saturday, October 29th. Minnesota, 31. Rutgers, zero. A shutout. The Gophers with 375 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 100 and 34. Okay, let's start with the fans because obviously Rutgers fans, they have the right to be disgruntled, I think, a little bit after this performance. If, if there's one team that's pretty good that has a reason to be disgruntled, I think it's Minnesota fans. Okay. I mean, they, they were going, everything was going great, you know, undefeated, just steamrolling people. And then it's the wheels have fallen off the wagon. And by the way, I think what they need to do is they need to make a pact. They need to make a pact with all the voters. Just don't vote us into the top 25, please. There is they, they play much better without a target on their back. It's a good point. Um, Minnesota fans are, they have enough uh, spatial awareness, shall we say, that when they start to get good and they realize the eyeballs are on them, yeah. they don't like it. They get, no. they, they get skittish and nervous. You want to know why? Because of what you just talked about right there. That's not where I thought you were going to go. I mean, what I was going to say is Minnesota fans are, you know, yesterday or partying like it's September 2022. Well, I mean, I mean that's what that's what their first four games look like is what no, yesterday looked for like. sure. I mean, in the moment, yes, I guess I'm just talking about overall in the season. I can understand them being a little disgruntled, but no, yesterday, this is like we're getting the band back together. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I mean, this is what we expect from a Minnesota team. 41 minutes time of possession. This is PJ ball right here. They did it. They did it. In this game, they did everything they go out and try to do in a game. The funny thing is, is if you would have placed this game right after the Michigan State game, nobody would even hardly notice. You're like, oh, yeah, fifth, fifth, you know, because that would have been their three non-conference games, yep. Michigan State, then this one. It would have just fit fit in, you know, like in succession. Um the, the kind of drama going into the game, was it going to be Ethan or Tanner? Tanner, of course, was the starting quarterback. The Tanner stat line looks pretty familiar, too, as yeah. well, you know, compared to the first four games, 14 to 21, 122 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, and as far as the pass, cage, pass catchers, a lot of concern still now and moving forward. But Daniel Jackson did look good. Okay, yesterday. so here's the good news. The leading wide receiver, the leading receiver was an actual wide receiver, Daniel Jackson. Six catches, 51 yards. Not a great game. Only one other wide receiver caught a ball, though. Yes. So that's still an issue. Uh, Michael Brown Stevens had two catches for 23 yards. Everyone else was a tight end or a running back. But if you look forward, if you project forward, um, so so uh, Minnesota has three losses, correct? Yep. Uh Penn State, um, Illinois, per, Illinois, and Purdue. Purdue. So they've yep. lost to two of the top teams in the conference, and a tough one versus Purdue with without Mo. Okay, I. That's right. I'm just saying, if and, you're gonna be five and three, this doesn't look awful. I know. And, and, it's a good point. And there's a little bit of you, you got a maroon shirt on today, coincidentally. Yeah. Like, 
Maybe maybe Minnesota fans are just a touch spoiled too because just three four years ago they would have took a five three. I mean a five and three record. At oh this yeah. Point. I'm just saying. Okay. That's... Well, and and hold on, and and they give up zero points again. Right. Right. It's the, the second shutout. Incredible. I mean, they've given up ten points in a game, seven points in a game. They've given up seven again. So things are not that bad. They are not that. The special teams are not horrible like they have in the past. The defense is really good. The rushing attack is excellent, which we're going to look into. The passing attack has been the common theme. But if they, if you look project forward, if Daniel Jackson and BSP can just be the the dudes, they're they're fine. Yeah, like you need another wide receiver. They do every now and then. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm just saying. Now we now we talk about. Hold on, before we get there, this is how this is what 41 minutes time of possession does for you. you. You know, I always like to look at the defensive stats. The the leading tackler for Minnesota had six tackles. They only had thirty five team tackles. That's amazing. <laughs> there there was probably guys who were like, wake up. Yeah, the I'm next not day, even like, sore. Did I, I, did I play? I'm yes, not even I... sore. And by the way, that's a good thing. I mean, it keeps people healthy. Of course it, of course it does. Okay, we gotta talk about the man. Mo Ibrahim, thirty six carries, hundred and fifty nine yards, three touchdowns. It was dropping records like crazy yesterday. I know. Most consecutive games by a Big 10 running back, sole possession, 16 games in a row in oh, and so that's sole possession now. Sole possession. And then he had three touchdowns and he's getting damn close to Tyrone Wheatley's Big 10 record, right? Oh, I, oh so he he already took Minnesota's record. He's got Minnesota's. He he got that on his I believe first touchdown and I think it was his first it touchdown two yesterday. He still got 5 6 games left by the way. So I know Tyrone Wheatley has the most rushing touchdowns in in Big Ten. I history. hadn't heard that one that he was getting close to that. He's one. only I think he's maybe only a couple behind him now. Really? Here, do, should we look it up? Tell you what, you looked it up. Okay. Well, I'm going to look. I, I want to say this is um, so I remember on the Gopher Gridiron Pod. Okay, uh, uh, Luke and Ryan are friends of the pod. They did an awesome job of talking about how it, and, and sadly it was when. Uh, Marion Barber passed away. Rest in peace, Marion Barber. I, I don't know if we ever did a good job of, um, of bringing that up on this podcast, but they are the certain age where they talked about being young kids when Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney were that tandem. You know, that's what got them to really pay attention to go for football. There are young kids right now in this, you know, area that are that are going to remember Mo Ibrahim playing running back for the Gophers and are probably becoming Gopher fans because of him. Long story short is the dude's an all-time Gopher. So, amazing. Okay, so I was wrong. It's not it's not anywhere near the record. <laughs> no. However, he, the the Tyrone next, Wheatley is the next is the next one up. He's for him stalking to, Tyrone yeah, Wheatley. That'll get him into the top 10. Yeah, so that would be to leapfrog yeah, Wheatley into the top ten. Okay, he so, might. Yeah, so he might, and he might already be in the top ten. He's right there. Uh, we're pretty darn close to it. Either, but he. Point is, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, but holy cow! I mean, and, and again, Kurt and I just looked it up. I mean, it does Monty Ball seventy-seven <laughs> career rushing touchdowns? That doesn't. That's. I mean, that's vid- that makes video games look silly. You do that. This is, by the way, I'm going to use this twice today. You do that in video games. You're like, that's fun, but that doesn't happen in real life. Right. But sometimes it does, apparently. Like, that's, that's four straight years of 20 touchdowns. It's pretty amazing. All right. Uh, switching over to Rutgers. Okay. 
I took Rutgers plus the points. Did you? This game. Okay. Now, luckily, I hit the under to, to save it a little bit. But like, okay, I, I've I've only checked with a couple of Rutgers fans, so I I don't pretend to to speak on all Rutgers fandom because you know, like I said, we don't need to throw any rocks at fandoms more than than they're already pissed. But I guess I just don't believe in Gavin Wimsett as much as the Rutgers fans do. Now, I do see talent. Oh, there's talent there for sure, but he ain't ready. No, and, he, and and that offense. He's a big, strong, athletic dude with a with a strong arm, but yeah, he's he's nowhere near poised enough right now. It's just, I mean, the the stats: six of 17, 68 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. And I'm not saying Vedral came in and looked any better, and I don't know how healthy he is, so I know that plays into yeah. it. Or they're just not using Wimsett the correct way. Maybe it like. It should be just a constant, like, I don't want to say option because people just think of 1990s option. That's not what I'm saying, but much more of a read option type of thing where he has one or two reads and go because it's just, it's always tough for a younger quarterback to grasp this stuff. And if he does not have the the reps yet, right, to sit back there, read defenses and pick defenses apart, which is what I'm seeing. He, do, he does no. not. He needs to be used in a different way and yeah. i don't know maybe that's where the firing of the offensive coordinator happened and stuff i don't know all i know is in my mind if if they start vedral and have even average quarterback play this this game is a lot closer because they move the ball a little bit more and then that gap in time of possession that you were just talking about right. isn't isn't as immense yeah and it's it's not like they have a, a bevy of weapons to go to but there are guys there are receivers on this team there's there's enough talent to move the ball. So it's, to me, this all goes back to quarterback. Play. It, it does. And, and play calling. That's play part design, of it. So we, you know, scheme and stuff we like haven't that. talked about that enough about um, Nunzio coming in and, and taking the helm. It doesn't look really any different or better than it did under Sean Gleason. Um, I, I would say it looks worse after getting shut out and have 134 yards. That, that was a, that was a bad showing. Now, all respect to Minnesota's defense. Minnesota's yeah. defense is is good. There's a little bit of a Mendoza line with Minnesota's defense mm-hmm. where if they play a great offense, I, I, I think there's – but when they play an average or below average. But with that being said, it's got to look better than that. Yeah, in fact, I would say there's a Mendoza line with Minnesota in general as a team. Yes. This is a team that if you're average or below, you're going to get walloped by the Gophers. I if you're above average, that's when the wheels start falling off the wagon which is a beautiful way of putting it for Minnesota fans listening because there's still fun football available for them in the, yeah. month, in the month of November. With the win, Minnesota moves to 5-3 and three with the loss records drops to 4-4, four and four, which means to get to a bowl, they need to get to two wins versus Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Maryland. Oof. That is a, that is a tough ask. Next game up, Illinois 26 Nebraska nine. I had twenty-seven to seventeen as my prediction. Mm. Nebraska could have squeaked out another game. Score Illinois with three hundred and sixty-seven yards of total offense to the Huskers two hundred and forty-eight. Can I ask you a question to start sure. it up? Um, Illinois did exactly what they needed to do in in this game, but there was a little bit of flatness at the beginning. Of this yeah, game. yeah, it was like clunkiness. It just things weren't clicking. There was some mental errors that were happening. I thought the play calling was a little suspect. They had a weird I, scheme going in. Yeah. I mean, the, the first drive was great, but after that, it's almost like 
like Nebraska stopped stopped Chase Brown a couple times for no gain. And it's like, well, we got to abandon the running game. Yes. Now. It was weird. It was just strange. Like you have an excellent run offense going against what's typically been a bad rush defense for Nebraska. Even if it's not working, just keep at it. It's going to pop eventually. That was odd to me. It was strange. I and mean, I was sending you texts during the game like, why are they It not wasn't beating? just play and calling, it wasn't. Though. It wasn't just Chase's lack of touches. It was how they were getting them the ball. It just looked different than what they had done it up did. to I, this point. I couldn't explain it. And then, But then it, they, it, they went into halftime. It looked much different the second half, I thought. And a part of why it looked much different in the second half is something that we have to bring up. So Casey Thompson, 7 of 15, 172 yards, one touchdown and two picks. Got whopped, walloped on a play. It sounds like it actually numbed his arm. I, I saw oh, him kept okay. playing with his thumb. I mean, I thought it, it looked like one of his fingers was That's like what bent. I thought. I thought it was like broken, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. But I thought I'd seen then Nebraska fans saying there was his something. I don't know. Long story short, there was an issue with his throwing arm. He went out for the game. Certainly that played into how things looked in the second half because things got pretty ugly after that. <laughs> Uh, and and one could say that that the Illini started smothering the the offense of the Huskers. We got some some great A dad jokes. We got going we on did here. not script that. No, that's, <laughs> that's, um, so Nebraska. If if Casey, we'll, we'll get back to Illinois. If Casey Thompson cannot go for a week or two, it it uh, looks bad. It looks bad. Now you know Casey makes errors. He does turn the ball over. But he is by far your best option. It's not even close. No, there, there is really a, there is a gulf between QB one and two. So I wanted to bring up some a number of uh, Huskers podcasts reached out to me to ask if I could <laughs> guess this week, and I'm really sorry. I just I made a a, a pact that I, I'm not going to do any guesting this year, just because it I don't have that much time anymore. Yep. So I just like to keep. But I wanted to point out Generation Red podcasts. They're one of them that asked okay. me. I politely declined, but. Their tweet, I thought, was excellent. They said, in the second half, it was like a slow, methodical execution. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, shout out to the CuzCast. I, I I filled in in the bullpen for you and one oh, thank you. to talk to them. They're, I'm, I'm always happy to talk to those guys. Um, and, but Anthony Grant, okay, 12 carries for 61 yards. He, he had a 5.1-yard average. Yeah. Okay. If Nebraska, and not if, they are. They are upset at Whipple. Dude, I, he, he is he is baffling to me. He, he was doing some damage, Anthony Grant was. Just don't give him, he just, Whipple just does not care to run the ball, man. No, he really doesn't. And, and, and every fan base gets upset with that. You really want to tick off a certain fan base. Give Nebraska fans losses when you're not giving the running back on their team carries, and they get pissed, rightfully so, because... We have seen Anthony Grant be be excellent, right? He we have seen him be amazing. He's not even getting a chance right now. Yeah, and well, yeah. By the way, speaking speaking of slow and methodical, <laughs> yeah. Travis Bokalek on that fifty six. Oh, I know. He did not look fleet. <laughs> it was almost like you would look up, you'd be like, wait. So Nebraska had a three-play, seventy-five-yard drive, but it took four minutes. I was <laughs> right. Like 
That was the slowest 56-yard scamper it was. in the history of the Big Ten. But hold, let's point out that I thought that Nebraska came out with a good scheme. Yes. Now, unfortunately, Casey gets injured. That changes things a lot. But they were moving the ball like nobody's moved the ball on this line of defense. I mean, that where they have 248 total yards, and there's about 200 of those was in the first quarter and a half of this game. Yep. There was definitely – and that was something the Cuzcast – pointed out was they didn't think Illinois' defense had gone against an offense this good up to this point. Part of what they were saying there was correct. That's not crazy. We saw that. With that being said, Casey Thompson wasn't hitting 50% of his passes and threw two picks. So I I don't want to say, okay, this score looks different. Certainly there is a little bit more offense in the second half of Casey Thompson is playing. I am not going to make this leap to say Nebraska would have won with Casey Thompson I think it would have been a close game, though. It would have been a closer game, but Trey Palmer... Even with those 15 attempts, one catch for one yard? So, uh, you know, obviously I didn't do the the pregame podcast, but if I had, what I would have talked about is I cannot wait to watch the matchup of Devon Witherspoon versus Trey Palmer because this is the number one PFF-rated cornerback going against the number one PFF-rated wide receiver in the whole country and one catch for one yard. We did talk about, I I brought up that exact same thing on the Husker Cuzcast. Brian Dustin and I kind of talked about it a little bit. I said, I think Illinois will do a good job limiting him. I think I said something like, I could see something like eight catches for 88 yards. That's what I would have thought. I would have thought. I, that like, he, I would take that if I was Illinois. And I would probably take that if I was Illinois. But yeah, I, I expected him to get his yards. He yeah. did not get his yards. No. the the, the and, and again, certainly for the entire game, having Chubba Purdy in there who, who struggled that did not help Trey Palmer out at all, but it was already a struggle bus before that. Tommy DeVito, by the way, I mean, I watched this game, right? I mean, secondary TV, but 20 of 22? Did you know one of them was a throwaway? He really only had one incompletion on the day. 72.5% of his throws on the year he's hitting. That You know, that's by far an Illini record if he finished this right now. I mean, he's going to finish right around. It's like, it's like six points like higher I knew, than the next. I knew he was accurate, but... Essentially, he went 20 of 21 yesterday. Yes, he did. (laughs) And the thing is, it's so a part of me was like, I felt they were featuring touchdown Tommy a little too much. And then I see the stats and I'm like, okay, that actually makes sense. No, I mean, I think 22 attempts is really right about where you want to be. Somewhere in the the mid 20s is probably ideal. The thing about it's, it's not flashy. It's it's like he's, he's not pitching the ball over the field, but he's just, he's doing what he has to do. And when you have defenses this good, you don't have to do that much. So real quick, they Illinois is getting dinged by Kirk Herbstreit and a lot of people because they they don't take big shots downfield. Yeah, why don't they? Do you think uh, they don't have a true deep threat? Is number one. Okay, just chuck it that, up a couple. That, like, that guy like, left and went to Tallahassee. Okay, but they got some guys that can run a four five or better. Like, I mean, like at some point you throw the ball up to see if you can get a. P.I. or that's the new hotness, by the way. I mean, the only time they ever really even try that is with Pat Bryant. And they tried it once yesterday and it didn't work out. This is not the thing. Okay. But I, I would like to see them take a couple more shots. Because, you know, you just keep grounding and pounding. You're, the defense At some is point, creep- they're going to have to. Yeah, the saying. defense is creeping. Okay. Just pop it over their heads. By the way, Chase Brown, 32 carries, 149 yards. Let me ask you this. 4.7 yard average touchdown. Like, he he did Chase Brown things. Again. Okay, so Chase Brown has the most 10-plus rushes in the country. Like, 10 yards or greater. Okay. The most of those of anyone in the country. But I bet he has not more than one or two 30-plus yard runs. Absolutely. Why is that? 
he always seems like he's one tackle away from a touchdown. I mean, I got to think a lot of it is because what we just talked about, there's so many defenders yeah. down near the box that it's hard to bust out big runs. I, I guess. Like Cause it's not like he doesn't have the burst. No, he does. The it's funny thing like is, I knew you were going to, I knew where you were going with that. Before really? I even got it out. Cause, but like, he is the master at turning four yard carries into 11 yard carries. It, it's, you know, it, I've, it, it's incredible. And I've said it before this year, he's got a juke this year that he did not have previous. He was more like a one cut back. He's not that anymore. No. He, he can he can juke around you now. He worked on his craft, man. With the win, Illinois moves to 7 and 1, which will uh wrap up their first winning season since 2011. And if we want to just keep it to the regular season, it'll be their first one th- since 2007. Wow. Because it took them the bowl game to get to 7-6 and six that year. Okay. All right. With the loss, Nebraska falls to 3-5 and five. on the other side of this. They have been to no bowl game in six years if they don't make it this year, which means they have to get three wins versus Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Mm. It's going to be go tough. 3-1 th- and one against that schedule there. Next game up, Iowa, 33, Northwestern, 13. Hey, Kurt, did your college football team score 33 points yesterday? Mine did not. Can't relate. <laughs> Can't relate, Kurt. The Hawks with the Hawks with 398 yards of total offense to the Wildcats 177. And by the way, six points and about 50 yards on those totals came at the end of the game against Iowa's backups. Right. Uh here is the um, team rushing for Northwestern. 37 carries, 18 yards. Ooh. A half-yard average. And I'm telling you, most of those came late in the game. Okay, so a lot of angst still out of Iowa City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to me, this right here, everything I'm looking at, stats and just watching the game, this looks like your traditional Iowa team. Yes. Right? Like, yes. Yes, I I realize that offense has been horrible up to this point. But if you just take this one game, this is what you expect from Iowa. Yes. In fact, um, it's, it's it's like even, oh, this is this is good Iowa here. This was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, this was good Iowa. And obviously, we're going to get to the fact of who it was against. But um, team, 35 carries, 178 yards, a 5.1 yard, yeah, 5.1 yard average. Even with like a historically darn good Iowa defense, Iowa wins those games almost every single time. If you give me those rushing stats with this defense, Iowa might not lose a game if you had this type of rushing. Correct. You know what else also helped too? Spencer Elway. Oops, I am sorry. Spencer Petras. <laughs> Second time I've done that. 21 of 30, 220 yards, a touchdown, no picks. Honestly, dude. He was throwing frozen ropes yesterday. So we we know he has the arm, right? Because yeah. he was he was pitching it all over. He looked comfortable. Like in and and pretty quickly it was obvious that Northwestern was not generating a pass rush and he just settled in and just and just threw frozen ropes all yeah. over the place. Yeah. One of the guys catching it was Nico Ragaini. Ragaini. You've been saying it wrong the whole time. I know. I know. Sorry, I, I've been corrected. Four catches, sixty six yards. Sam Laporta, five catches, 53 yards. Caleb Johnson, 13 carries, 93 yards, a 7.2-yard average out of the true freshman Caleb Johnson. I mean, and, and I mean, it just – it looked good. It, it, it was going against a, a Northwestern defense that 
can't bust a grape in a fruit fight right now. So once that happened, everything settled into place. It, it felt pretty good, pretty, well, pretty quick. And much like Minnesota, it's nice to see a wide receiver leading in receiving yards. Yeah. It ha- hasn't happened much this year, but Ragaini did have 66 yards, which which led the Iowa attack. Yeah. Um, I took Northwestern in the points in this game, and I will freely admit a big part of it is, A, scars, right? Scars in this series between sure. these two teams. And there's a little bit of reverse psychology in there. Like, well... If it hits, I win some money. If not, I'm, I will gladly play insert amount of cash to watch Iowa finally. I mean, dude, it just, I made myself some wings last night mm. for me and the family. Okay. You know? They tasted better. Like, I didn't have a bourbon until the fourth quarter. I was the first drink yesterday. Oh. And I was just like, and you were, they, yet they went down well. I just, it just, it made itself a fun day. But yesterday. you didn't need the bourbon. You were just happy without I, the bourbon. I, I was happy off of life. Uh, by the way, Iowa fans. And I just pointed out today on Twitter, like, in the worst year ever in the history of Iowa football, is is what people think. This year, obviously. Right. I was four and four. Okay. And 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 I know I'm gonna sound I I know I'm gonna sound like a total fandom, but like if two guys keep their feet on the goal line, they beat Iowa State and we're and we're five and three. Yeah. Okay. It's like I, I know, but like it means something to me on how close it is. Maybe there's just a tinge of you know, spoiledness out of Iowa fans when you're this upset. By the way, that is in no way an excuse for how bad the offense has been. You, you, I am as upset as you are. There needs to be changes. I'm just saying a little bit of perspective is healthy. You're a bad offense ableist is what you are. <laughs> I have to put, like, disclaimer after Always. disclaimer on my tweet. I'm like, it doesn't mean I'm bad. It means okay. Though I'm bad. Uh, by the way, Northwestern, Brendan Sullivan, second week in a row. 23 of 30, 159 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. He stayed in until the end of the game. Here's what I want to say about Northwestern, okay? Their defense, their guys are in position. I have never seen a front seven have so much troubles getting off blocks in my entire life. It is like there is Velcro attached to every single offensive line and fullback blocking their D-line linebackers. They they cannot get off blocks. It's insane. Well – you know, if you have a horrible defense, and then if you're one thing that you've been able to lean on the last couple of years, the running game isn't there either. It's it's not good. And so they're they, one, they, they look less like the Wildcats and look more like the Mildcats. I want you to say it. You were okay. what he made it up yesterday. <laughs> no, I did. That's just a that's kind of an that's Illinois been out thing. there. Yeah, okay. that's right. a, but it's still fun to call them the Mildcats. Yeah, I okay. think. Um, so yeah, I, I there's. Okay. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. But they're one and seven. And by the way, this is what you and I saw preseason. Mm-hmm. And we kind of pointed this out. Yeah, with the loss, Northwestern fall, falls to one and seven. I picked them at three and nine. How naive of me. Very. Quite. Yeah. Quite, quite, naive. quite naive. With the win, Iowa moves to four and four, as we said. Can I also point out one last thing sure. about Iowa? So I was four and four, right? Yep. Uh, in conference, they've played the two best teams. In Ohio State and Michigan. That's true. And one could argue the two worst teams, definitely with Northwestern and Rutgers being the other. Iowa has literally not played anybody in the middle until we start getting... Rutgers is like approaching the middle. Well, and they've also played Illinois, who's top three or four teams Sorry, in the conference. I meant, to, I, meant, I meant to put Illinois. They've, yeah. got, they've played the top three or four teams on the top and yeah. the bottom two out of three on the bottom. 
Because somebody, one of the upset Iowa fans that thought I was enabling the Iowa ineptitude on offense is like, look at how down the Big Ten West is. How The fact that they're not doing better is embarrassing. I'm like, we're one and one versus the Big Ten West. We've played only Illinois and Northwestern. Can we actually start playing Big Ten West teams first oh before you completely go off the rails? The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produce one-of-a-kind whiskeys. Amador is made to be sip neater as perfect and classic bourbon cocktails, just like your favorite go-to Big Ten football podcast. Amador is the go-to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to hashtag Ask for Amador and check out our new website and finder options so you can see where to find Amador at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Moving into our next two games. Next up, the battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Michigan 29, Michigan State 7. The Wolverines with 443 yards of total offense to the Spartans, 252. Can I start out with a big Kurt quote? Sure. Um Myself and a lot of other people, uh, they we seem to find ourselves wanting more out of J.J. McCarthy and the Michigan passing attack. Mm-hmm, yeah. But as you said, maybe this is just who they are. Okay, that's my whole point. Okay, this is, we're 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 eight games into this. So okay, so are you saying the J.J. McCarthy we saw that is J.J. McCarthy this year? I think so too. Okay, so. I was having a little fun. I'll be honest with you. The bourbons were soaking in a little bit. Okay. And I, I put a tweet out, something to the effect of whispers under breath. It would look maybe better if there was actually a quarterback rotation between JJ and Cade. Okay. I don't know if I can complete point out, but I would, what I would say is, do we really think the stats and scores would look that much different if it was Cade playing? This I think year? it would look exactly the same as it looks now in terms of record pretty much in terms of scores. But I will say, the one thing, though, is I really like J.J.'s wheels. Legs. There you go. And that that's, is the big, and that's that why is, you play him, I think. That it, it is, And that's enough, by the way. I think that, so. That yeah. is enough. It's enough. His legs are enough along with, you can see the arm. Yeah. And he's accurate, too. So, yeah. He, so don't get me wrong. J.J. is better. It's just that it's such a, it's such a, it's a team so baked into the cake for their success is the rushing attack and their defense. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. But, you know, he's part of the rushing attack, too. And you know what this ended up being? It ended up being a slow, methodical execution. <laughs> What's a slow, methodical <laughs> execution? By the way, um, uh, Michigan's kicker, I mean, he was the— Moody? Uh, he was the player of the game. I, I mean, well, he's, yeah. he's got to be special teams player of the week. Like, But that also kind of— doesn't that kind of define Michigan in a way right now where— they're not finishing on drives and they're settling for field goals. If they could finish these drives, I mean, this game would have been, it would have, it would have been, been out of hand quick. It, it would have been a blow up. Yeah. But it wasn't And red zone offense matters. So if I'm a Michigan fan, listen to us talk right now, here's what I'm wondering. Is that Michigan fan saying, here we go. Another podcast nitpicking our football team, which I would get, mm-hmm. or are they saying, yes, this is something to pay attention to, I, I'm curious. You know. I think you should take it as a compliment that we we're expecting more out of Michigan, and they're eight and zero. I do think that's how, that's how I mean it. That's how I mean it too. So because we saw Michigan have issues once they met up against Georgia. Now, 
that was a historically yeah. incredible Georgia defense. Yeah. And that was a bad matchup for Michigan. I, I'm just saying, I think they would have actually matched up better versus Alabama yeah. last year because if they would have been able to run the ball. So, again, I think it's a question we've asked a couple times. Is Michigan, with what they are have shown through eight games, is that enough to go 13-0, and win the Big Ten, get into the college football playoffs, and then get deep into the fourth quarter with whoever they're matched up in the first round of the college football playoffs, simply going off their rushing attack and their defense? Or are I would they say, going to need something more from the passing attack? I would say normally you need more, but I would say this year it probably is a team that can do that. I agree. Yeah. Because, A, the rushing attack is that good, and, B, There's just I, no, no, I just don't see the defense out there that's going to stop. Georgia, again, is the best candidate to stop them. Yeah. But Georgia, this Georgia defense is very, very good. I'm just saying it's not as good as that defense last year. I think this Michigan team can run on anybody is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think probably their biggest threat is someone they're going to face during the regular season. Yes, I believe so, too. Blake Corum, 33, carries 177 yards, a 5.4-yard average, 276 rushing yards out of the team. Luke Schoonmaker with a, a, a good day. J.J. McCarthy, 15-25, 167 yards, a touchdown, no pick. He's doing what he needs to do. Michigan State, um, hey, uh, it was it was a good spirited effort. I, I hope that no, doesn't sound condescending. Like they covered, they covered the spread. Right. But I mean, it by also a, was half point, by the way. a competitive game pretty deep. Yes. You know, like you could tell this was a, this was a rival fan situation or yep. a rival player game situation where they wanted to fight to make this a game. They did all they could. And while we're nitpicking, if you're playing in a rivalry game, just wear your standard uniform. See, I didn't, I didn't quite understand that. I mean, it was blue versus. I mean, I mean, Michigan but State. But they, wears, they went with the blue britches. Wear your yellow. Okay. And then Michigan State, you wore know, they got whites. got their little fancy white out or ice out or whatever. Just wear. Ah. What's wrong with green? Okay, I, I'll green's say this. A good color. Especially with their uniforms, the freaking Spartan logos. I know the best logos in the Big Ten. I I support what you're saying. What I will say though is they didn't deviate away from their core color so much that it okay. bothered me. Yeah. Like there, there are times where you see like a rivalry game and they're wearing like gray. Right. Like they that's... Didn't, didn't do black for black sake or gray for gray sake. <laughs> yes. That's what they call it. That, the that's universe. a unit. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So this was a very minor infraction in the, in the universe in a, for a rivalry. Game. I mean, I wouldn't call it a false start. I would call it a 10 yard penalty. It's, okay. it's not a major penalty, but it's, it's, it's more it wasn't a, a it wasn't a game changing. Uh, um, wasn't a no, roughing the pass. Nobody's getting thrown out of the game here, but yeah. I understand what you're saying. Um, so, anyways, long story short, there isn't a ton of stats you can really point to here for Michigan State. But you know what, Keon Coleman, this guy, Keon is, Coleman, Keon Coleman showed out. But he's been showing out all year. He yeah. had, he had five catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. He's pretty much got become their go to almost. He has. He ha- He's their. I, I still I don't know if he's their number one dangerous option, but he is their steadiest option. He is wide man. receiver, and he's pretty good. But they just they're having troubles getting the rushing attack going against most people. Mm. There there was no semblance of a rushing attack versus Michigan. Pretty much by the second half, they weren't even trying to run the ball. <laughs> Thirty-seven yards on twenty-three attempts. Oof. Twenty-three attempts. That is like that level that that attempts where you're like. Yeah, we gave it a shot. Yeah, we, and now we, we're <laughs> we. You can't tell us we didn't try. 
That's exactly. What is the you can't tell us we didn't try it level? Is it 22? 20, 20, 20 rushes, somewhere on there. <laughs> With the win, Michigan moves to 8-0. and With the loss, Sparty drops to 3-5. and So playing the bowl, can they get their game? They got they got to get three wins. It's possible, right? Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana, Penn State. Assuming a win over Rutgers, Indiana, that, they got to split Illinois Rutgers. Rutgers for that is doable. It is you doable. Can, you can turn the season around. It's a big game next week. Yes, for Michigan State and and Illinois and for Illinois. Yeah, just, just saying. All right, that brings us to the Big Ten game of the week. Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. The Buckeyes with 452 yards of total offense. The Ninny Lions with 482. Just want to point this out. Um, this is a 15 and a half point spread. It was a Penn State cover the entire day. Penn State had the lead several times in this game. Um, both offenses were sputtering. I made a joke on Twitter that it you know, Penn State and Ohio State fans did not know how to react to playing a Big Ten West football game. Because that's what this looked like through three quarters. It did. It did. It really did. And then, bing, bang, boom, Ohio State exploded. Just like that, Ohio State was covering. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what a dirty cover for Ohio State. Right. Anybody that took Ohio State minus 15.5. Then Penn State gets the ball back, goes right down the field, scores a touchdown for what you typically call, that's like a back door that went through the front door cover. So it's just crazy that the final score is 44 to 31. That didn't look anything like a 44 to 31 game. It certainly did not for anybody that that didn't catch this. Um, Another thing I would point out because both fan bases are mad today, mostly. Um, Yeah. You know, let's start with Ohio state. You don't just roll your helmet out against Penn state. (laughs) I'm sorry. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. In, in or happy, against a really good defense or just an overall good team. In Happy Valley? I'm sorry, it doesn't, doesn't happen that way. I know you Not th- typically. I know you think you just got to waltz through a, to a 50-point win every week. I'm sorry, the other team's trying to win, too. Side, side note here, okay? I'm going to both stand up for and kind of uh, lightly urinate on Ohio State fans at the same time. Okay, I'm just going to be urinating on them. <laughs> okay. There are real Ohio State fans, like Mr. Ohio who is mm-hmm. a good follow for all things Big Ten. I think most, I, I don't know about most, but a good chunk of Ohio State fans understand that there's good football to be played in the Big Ten, and, and they understand going into Happy Valley what you're talking about. I've We've had, we have a mutual Ohio State friend, Matt, okay? Yep. He has actually explained this to me. That's like, you know, there's a ton of Ohio State fans that are more professional football or sports fans, okay. but they follow Ohio State because, why, why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, they're a blast, but they don't really understand the nuances of okay. college football. So the fans that you're hearing about, me thinks, are more that that latter. Okay, fan so maybe I should base. stop urinating now. Maybe you or just, just l- don't pull out, the, unzip the trousers as often. Okay, but, but but that would be an explanation. With that being said, also there was question. It was a questionable passing attack or scheme that Ryan day was rolling out Mm. yesterday. Mm. I mean, Nebraska fans had to have been having flashbacks with the amount of bubble screens Mm. that Ryan day, but he must've been seeing something, something. but what was he seeing? Because these are really good. Weren't you throwing into the teeth of the Penn state? Right. Yeah. As the secondary. Yes. So I got curious, by the way, I looked it up. 
The top five tacklers were Penn State were all defensive backs. Oh, my Lord. Jair Brown, Keaton Ellis, Johnny Dixon, Joey Porter Jr., and Kalen King were the top five tacklers. Wow. Have you ever seen that? No. I No. I just was curious, and I looked it up. I'm like, one, two. Now the fifth tackler was tied with the linebacker, but but still. So that that is a stat that shows you the. I just thought it was odd, and then in the fourth quarter, he finally decided to throw the ball up the seams, which mm-hmm. was there the whole all game. day long. Right. Boom. Touchdown. Boom. Touchdown. And I just kept tweeting out the same thing. Same players, different plays. Like that's what. It was. I don't know. It was curious. And speaking of players, Marvin Harrison Jr., I said this <laughs> earlier in the season. I said, I'm not convinced that this isn't the best wide receiver on this team. And I, I'm still not I'm not saying that he is, but like he was the guy that seemed like he's the one maybe that should be getting a little more. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying he wasn't getting attention. I Everybody was looking at JSN to start the year. Now, of sure. course, that's been a sad part. It sucks. By the way, there's rumors that he like went off campus yeah. to get a secondary opinion on right. what's going on hamstring or whatever. So I hope to, I want to see that guy play at some point, uh, like, cause we won't see him again. He'll go to the NFL, even if he doesn't catch another pass this year. Right. Um, Boy, just but imagine adding him to this whole repertoire here. <laughs> it's scary thing. It really I, is. I'll say that, but yeah, Marvin Harrison, 10 catches, 185 yards. Kate Stover, six catches, 78 yards. So CJ Stroud was getting kind of, you know, Urinated on a little bit. His stat line, 26 of 33 for 100, 354 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean. He didn't win the Heisman yesterday, but no. he sure as heck didn't lose it. Yesterday. And he has slowed down in, in recent weeks. Have to admit that. He going to pick up. In oh, the he'll next be he'll weeks. be fine. I th- <laughs> look at look at the next three weeks. Prediction: He's going to be fine. <laughs> uh, another thing that probably hurt Mayan, the Mesoamerican Williams went out with an injury early in this game. Oh yeah, the so Meso. the Meso went out, uh, but they still um, Travion. Travion great. Six, sixteen carries, seventy eight yards. There's been some consternation with Buckeye fans over the rushing attack. Yeah, I see it a little bit, but I would still say. They're only "quote unquote" struggling versus pretty darn good defenses. Sure, they and, and he still had a four point nine yard average. So like he just needed more carries. Now I will say he busted one. That's why the the carries went out there. That's the difference between Mayan and Travion. Travion is the home run hitter, but he's kind of got that Barry Sanders not not style. I don't mean that, but you know how Barry Sanders like was feast like, or famine. Yes, yeah. So that's. That's the big thing against against Travion. Yeah. But you still got to keep giving the ball. And, okay, so we got to talk about the defense. Okay, should we – let's do Penn State. Then we will finish on the defense because okay. that's going to fold very nicely into okay. the, our weekly award. Uh, Sean Clifford, 32 of 47, 371 yards. And in, in total, Cliffordian <laughs> – Speaking of fe- feast or famine. Three touchdowns but three picks. <laughs> Cliffordian. Yeah, that's that's a word now. <laughs> it was we won't, a Clif- we won't be able to... it was a Cliffordian effort by him. I do understand Penn State's it's a it's a frustrating thing. When when you have had a quarterback that long where you're like, he's he's never gonna stop being who he is. Yeah, yeah, this is who he is. So I don't want to completely shut down Penn State fans being frustrated. I don't think he deserves the internet heat to the level that he gets it. Well, and and he is your best option on the roster right now. What are you going to do? So you think you, 
There's a lot of Penn State fans that would disagree with that. Uh, they're wrong. By the way, there's something in there with like Alar being close to Allah and Penn State hmm. fans thinking he's a god. No. I just there's a connection to, there. I just haven't been able to put well, it Let's together. workshop that one. Okay. But I would love to know what Mike Yersich, what his thought process would be for the perfect amount of attempts for Sean Clifford. Methinks it wouldn't be 47. That seems no. Yeah, no. And by the way, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, 26 carries, 121 yards. That's a 4.65-yard average. Don't Didn't we want more rushing attacks and attempts in this game? So 26 between the two of them. Yeah. We can go higher than I that. I think we go a little bit higher, but I'm but it, it's like Michigan State. You can't say they they weren't trying. <laughs> that, that's that's three four above that. You yeah, can't say we didn't try. Yeah. try line. By the way, you talk about trying. Parker Washington, eleven catches, hundred seventy nine yards and a touchdown. Penn State fans have been waiting for him to break out. That that's good to see. That's, yeah, that's very good to see. Um, overall, though, a little too much choppiness out of the Penn State offense, but. Uh, reason why it was choppiness is this. This is a good Buckeye defense. Well, okay, so I was questioning the Buckeye defense early in the season. Then I realized, okay, well, they're a good defense. But I guess what I wasn't seeing was, like, there was no um, there was no Jeff Okuda or no big stars. I don't know. Now we're seeing that, I think. And one thing I want to point out is Tommy Eichenberg didn't have the splash plays and stats. 15 tackles, man. He is a tackling machine. I He had a great game. I think he, I mean, if he isn't first-team All-Big Ten linebacker, I'd kind of be surprised if he isn't at this point. Still, Chambers had a good game. Yep. Zach Harrison, he's he coming on. Game. Yeah. Long story short, we'll, we'll move quickly into that because we'll go to the weekly Eisman so he can have his own segment. Here, here at one point in this game, fail me for, I I mean, I, I should have it pulled up, but it was like 16 to 13 or 14 to 13 or something like that. Long story short is Buckeye fans were spending too much time being uh, upset. So it was 14 to 13. Penn state had the lead at halftime. Okay. Okay. And by the way, the end of half, that was a little bit of a weird situation. I didn't put that on Ryan day. There were six seconds left on the clock. Your Heisman quarterback should know to throw that ball up and out and get it out of his hands immediately. Like, there was a it w- they were right to take a shot down at the goal line they they did not they could have took a shot and still got the field goal attempt okay yep. urban meyer said at halftime the cutoff is 6 seconds if okay. you're 6 seconds or above you can try to, to throw into the okay. end zone he took a sack and then no timeouts and it's done i'm just saying like that's not on ryan day it was you also got- 21 to 16 penn state at one point okay so 21 16 at that point Shouldn't Ohio State fans also be happy that the defense that they say never had showed up the last couple of years, it was keeping them in the game? Absolutely, it was. That's a huge deal. It's a good defense. Yes. It is they, officially. They were... So it's weird that it's 44 to 31, but these were two really good defenses I, on the field. It, defensive touchdowns and weird things like that happen with the win. The Buckeyes move to 8 and 0 with the loss. Penn State moves to drops to 6 and 2. Hey, Penn State fans, very realistically, you can finish the year 10 and 2, <laughs> go to an extremely good bowl and finish 11 and 2, and have two freshman running backs back and young. This is a young Penn State team. I'm so, just saying, like, I think there's reasons to be happy. So you got an 8 0 team and a 6 and 2 team, and nobody's happy. It's tough out there, man. <laughs> it's a tough world. All right. We have alluded to this enough, so we will get into the week nine Eisman. Mo Ibrahim, big day. 
record breaking day. Good for him. Chase Brown showed out again. There was there was guys that played in the Penn State um uh Ohio State game, but there was only one that deserves to be mentioned for the week nine Eisman. Defensive and JT Tuamalau, <laughs> six tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, a fumble caused, recovered his own fumble caused. Two interceptions, <laughs> with one of them being a pick six. It was it was unbelievable. I'm watching the game and like he's he's kind of jumping out, and I'm like, boy, this guy's really good. But then like he just he took the game over. It was Endamica Suian. It was it was Suian. Yes, he had. He's only a sophomore. Um, you know, earlier in the podcast when you said these things are like video game stats, yeah, where they're silly and they don't happen in real life. If my defensive end on NCAA football 2025 or whenever it comes out does this, I'm like, wow, this doesn't happen in real life. Right. Your defensive end doesn't pick two passes off and return one for a touchdown, but he did. So I was looking for like a Chase Young, right? Here he is. I think we maybe we got him. Yeah. Um, in terms of production, yes. Okay, like in yeah, terms of like freak show athletic ability, yeah, maybe not. No. But but he's only a sophomore. Right. Um <laughs> If this is the guy that is this, like, no, he's not going to be this good for every game moving forward. But if he's 60%, yeah. 70% this good, that is a problem for offensive partners moving sure. forward. I, that, that's, that bodes well for Ohio State. I don't know. I think things are looking pretty good, <laughs> Columbus fans. I think it's, We're having I think it's fun okay. with you, Columbus fans, because, you know, you're, you're going to be in the top two or three. By the way, um, I don't think they will be, but I would love to see Maryland ranked. But I, don't, I mean, I don't even know if the rankings are out yet as we record this. I don't think they usually come out in the afternoon, a little yeah. later. So it would be nice to see. Then there would be five ranked teams. Um, very quickly, I did my weekly uh, Big Ten power rankings. Run these by you real quick. Actually, I do have an AP ranking now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're not ranked. Okay. How close? They uh, the they're, they're the third other receiving votes team. Mm-hmm. Okay. They got 36 votes. All right. So um, technically they're 28th. 28th, yeah. Um, and they got a chance to get a pick up a couple wins here to move them in. But um, So my, I, I did tiers this, this, this week again. So Ohio State, Michigan, tier one. Okay. Yes. Illinois, Penn State, tier two. I think so. Here's, the, here's where it gets tricky, okay? At fifth in their own tier, I have Maryland. I'm not going to argue that. I think they, they're – Some have argued that this No, week. The, you have to put them up there. See, so what's tough is they're six and two, right? So they're 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 six and two, just like Penn State. So that was my thought process: is I can't drop them down too much when they have the same record as Penn State. Also, they played Michigan tough. That means something to me. I thought I thought they showed a lot in that game, especially yeah. when we think Michigan's as good as they are. And then so that's that's then the next tier, mm-hmm. which is six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Six Minnesota, seven Wisconsin, eight Purdue, nine Iowa, ten Michigan State. Michigan now, State, huh? If you look at Michigan State's losses, yeah, on the road to Washington, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah, but I would. It's more the way that they've looked when they lose. Okay, I understand that. I could, I could see dropping them out of that tier and down, and down to the next one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Purdue fans are are ticked at me having Purdue at eight. So I have them behind Wisconsin. I have them behind Wisconsin. Didn't even play. They're still pissed. I have. 
And I swear I don't. I don't even. <laughs> I, I am not the Twitter person that derives enjoyment from pissing people off. No, we don't. We don't do I'm just that. Not, we don't do the, like the the clickbaiting and no. stuff. No. And now, if somebody gets mad at me, I am capable oh, yeah. of getting mad back. Oh sure. I, if if I didn't pick up, I was taking a shot of our at our friend Ben, the Northwestern fan. Yeah. Who, when I predicted Northwestern to go three and nine, he called me naive. I might have undersold him you, or oversold. You him oversold him. Oversold him, him. You oversold you him a little bit. Anyways. Um, Anyways, long story short is Purdue at eight is a tough one because I have Minnesota at six and Maryland at five, and they beat both of those teams. Mm, it's just that yeah. Minnesota didn't have Mo. Yeah. And then when Purdue looks bad, it looks it looks bad. Like my most recent time viewing Purdue, they were down thirty five to three to Wisconsin. So there's some recency bias. Yeah, there. and they didn't look great beating a bad Nebraska team either. Correct. Yeah. I just, I have concerns with the defense and if I do too, and I think they're extremely thin at either quarterback or wide receiver. If one of their top two guys goes down, sure. it, it, you know, no. it's, it's issues. Love in Nebraska, 12 Rutgers, 13 Indiana. Those three teams are right there. So that would be the tier you would move Michigan state down to. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Nebraska had to come from behind to beat Rutgers, you know, tied with Indiana into the fourth quarter. And oh, by the way, they have a loss to the number 14 team in a tier of themselves, Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern alone is fair. You have to do that. They, I, they can't do anything well right now. There's nothing that they're doing. I mean, they have literally one win. They they have the, the fun one getting thrown around. They have yet to win on United States soil right now. That's true. It's a, it's a crazy thing. But but honestly, like I, then I see a lot of people, of course, because this is customary, that you then have to crap all over the Big Ten. One through nine, they can get you in this conference. Yeah. I, am, I am not saying six, seven, eight, and nine, which is Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Iowa. I'm not saying those are excellent teams. Iowa's got an amazing defense. Purdue has got a, a dangerous offense. Wisconsin kind of all around. Yeah, you know, just by Jekyll and Hyde. We Jekyll, yeah. right. And then Minnesota. Great defense, great rushing attack. I'm just saying people are viewing those teams as easier outs than what they are in, in reality. Well, the the Big Ten is bound to get crapped on right now because their third best team is probably Illinois, and nobody wants to hear that. And Right. That's, th that is what it is. Yeah. It's a combination of Big Ten and then who that helmet is yep. in, in rank and file. I want to tell you something. Kentucky was just ranked 19th. I know Tennessee is good mm. offensively. Tennessee ain't good defensively. That Kentucky offense looked like butt cheeks. <laughs> it was butt cheeks, yeah. And I've seen lots of butt cheeks play out of the SEC, but they just get they just get uh, excuses. All right, you got anything else? Nope. I am Jeffrey Degree. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.